is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Back in the hour, second hour actually, of In the Locker Room. And we are joined now by a great friend of the show and a great friend of ours, Jim Wexel from Steel City Insider. Wex, how are you doing, my friend? My great friend doing. We are doing well. Max is a little bit uh, tired from jetting around the country yet again this past weekend. But uh, I, on the other hand, am getting some, some well-needed rest because uh, I don't have to go far. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, why is Max jetting yeah. around the country? Well, where were you this past weekend, Max? <laughs> uh, I... I was I was in I was in uh, Kentucky Bowling Green Kentucky at Western Kentucky and uh, Middle Tennessee before the Monday night game. There you so, go. So he's was, he's jet setting. You know, Wex. Yeah. And then the time change didn't help. Being on the East Coast as well. <laughs> so I, I, when I when I think of jet setters, I don't think of Bowling Green Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. I need a raise. I need a raise. <laughs> That was good. I like that. Bigger games. <laughs> All right, Wex. What did we learn about this past game with the Bears, other than the fact that Cam Hayward is now tied for the interception lead on the defense? Yeah, that's kind of a grim talk uh, conversation piece there. But um, let's see. I learned that Justin Fields is really a good, good young quarterback. I think he's got a chance. Yeah. And I think the people of Chicago should be very happy. I think that, uh, let's see, what did I learn? I, I Man, I knew a lot of stuff already. Um, you know, I knew left tackle was shaky, but, you know, uh, a lot of potential, so you keep him there. Right. And the same with the center, same with the center. And, uh, you know, the Bears are very big. Oh, Matt Canada, I like what he's doing. You know, he attacked the Bears' perimeter with the receivers and uh, all that jet sweep stuff. They right. averaged 6.2 per carry, uh, what the receivers did, yep. uh, six carries. And there were some uh, shovel passes to dear Derek Watts and things like that that I liked. But the, the interior was uh, just really non, uh, non-tenable, not unfeasible. Uh, and, but, but Najee made it work better than most would have. So... I'm yeah, gonna go with I, that right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. I think also you know it, it was because I think we did have that emphasis. You saw a lot of the pre-snap motion that I think kind of was counter to what they'd done against Seattle and what they'd done against Cleveland, where they kind of just stayed more base and maybe there was a, a minor uh, movement pre-snap to then get them going. Whereas I think for that offensive line, for Kendrick Green, Dan Moore. Like, less movement, the better, because once things start moving, like you said, I think it gets even more um, untenable for those guys. I think they have to be more stationary so they can figure out, hey, I'm lasering in. This is the guy I'm going to hit. But where did you see kind of in the offense in general, outside of of some of those jet sweeps and and edge stuff, did you see any progress in any other areas for, for the Steelers offense? Well, man, uh, Matt Spath over there, number 81. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, and this was before Ben said this. I might have been on this show, but 
I talked about how Gentry's reminding me of Matt's basement. Right. Briarmouth has been reminding us about heat. Of he's been reminding us of heat since preseason. Yes. So, and you know yeah. they ran that first touchdown. They, they they ran to the weak side of an unbalanced line, and that was Gentry. The, the announcers kept looking for uh, guys to give credit to for blocking and Gentry. I thought, <laughs> yeah, nice job over there. And the rest was all Najee and scheme. I mean, they attacked the right spot. So uh, that was that was an impressive play call and uh, performance by. Uh, I keep wanting to say space, but uh, Gentry. And you know, space was a championship player. He he was. Uh, yes, he was. Wasn't he, wasn't he on that 2008 uh, team? So. Yes, uh, he was. Uh, I think so. So he was a quality blocker, and uh, it looks like Gentry, you know, we saw the size he put on in the offseason. But now we're really starting to see uh, him understanding how to block the, these big-time guys. So, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that's impressive. I even love it when they take him and they pull him around like a guard, and he leads up to the interior of the line. I mean, that's – that takes something. I mean, you know, you, you're, you're a beef eater. You're a six twelve. Uh, that's a lot of knee bending to bend the knee when you get inside, and you got to take on a Roquan Smith, or you got to take on uh, a Danny Trevathan on the inside there, because those guys, it's not like they're uh, they're not six twelve. That's for sure. I will say this about the six twelve kid. You know, they ran those tight end screens for him in, right. in camp uh, all the time, and they never. They never worked, and you'd say, man, I'd hate to see that in a game. And then we saw it in a game, and he gained like 15 yards. Right, right. Ever since then, he's been you know, one, two yard, and then he gets tripped up easily. I think they ought to cool it on that uh, catch and run stuff for him. Well, that I was Kevin Rader, though. Remember, that was well, Kevin Rader that had the, the, the little tight end delay that he got tripped. You no, know, I'm, I'm not really tight end screen. him doing it. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, but I'm talking oh. about they they still try to sneak that to Gentry and he gets a yard. They got they got away with it the first time. I, I prefer to see him downfield catching balls. True. I, I like him as a, a catcher, not a not a playmaker after the catch. Even he'll give you some yards after catch when he can, but you know when he has to turn and run on those screens. But Raider, now we saw him running in preseason. He can turn that thing up and get ahead of steam, and he he's not as tall. No, no, but he's uh, so also – oh, go ahead, Wex. I apologize. But I can understand why they tried to get away with that in this game, uh, remembering what he did in preseason and, and how he can get up ahead of steam like a, like a big fullback. So uh, it didn't work, though, but – Well, one of the things I want to see is, you know, I loved when they used Fryermuth and they used uh, 612 to the same side. And they would run down the field with with Zach Gentry, you know, using his size and that. And they were trying mm-hmm. to get uh, Fryermuth one one time Ben threw it at his feet behind him, uh, and another time he went to the other side of the field. But that that specific combination of of passing to you know to Fryermuth with Gentry over there, I think that's going to make some hay because as sooner or later you're going to see those guys, those linebackers, going to be jumping on Fryermuth underneath, and Gentry's going to be open over the top of them when especially when you get that cover two shell and you get that big hole in the middle of the field. I really think mm-hmm. that's got some potential for big plays coming up. He has big soft mitts too. He does. Yeah. Yeah. No no doubt about it. Absolutely. A couple things a couple things on offense that uh are, are concerning me are Ben's arm. Yep. I don't know about this shoulder thing. Uh there were some really weak throws and it's 
all along I've said, hey, he doesn't look as bad as Peyton Manning did when Peyton won his Super Bowl, last Super Bowl. But if he's got a weak, if his arm's weakening now, now he's starting to look like that's what Peyton looked like. And the other thing is Chase Claypool. Uh, I, I'd like to know what that MRI revealed yesterday because when he went to the sideline, I got some funny Jack Lambert flashbacks. Mm. Uh, the way he was jumping around on the sideline, uh, he seemed to be in a lot of pain. So that's concerning because I think they need him. Well, there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, and, and uh, Max, you might want to uh, chime in on this, but to see – Claypool start to come alive with some of those back shoulder throws, the combat catches. Those are things that, you know, we want to see more of and and have more of. And I got to believe that, um, you know, that's going to be a big part of the second half of the season. Yeah, I think it, it's going to be something because we don't have the receivers outside of Deontay who can really uh, separate. So you've got to be able to go with the contested catches. Um, you know, Ray Ray is still not quite that number three receiver that you want to see yet. I think he's still mainly heavy special teams, a lot of your jet sweep stuff. But, you know, you're going to need a guy who can go and body guys. And, yes, Fryermuth can go do it, and I'm sure Gentry could do it when pressed into it. But Chase Capel is the one that has a combination of size and speed. Yeah. And you've got to have that guy downfield because he does make those difference maker catches. So – yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Chase's health is. And we don't have Juju, right? You know, we're missing Juju, who's another guy who does those combat-style catches. So that's going to be another thing is monitoring the health and, you know, where those nicks and bruises are matter um, moving forward. Let me just add this about Ray Ray. I think that 12-yard catch he made to start the game-winning drive, I wonder, let me say, I don't think, I wonder, if that saved his job, because mm. you, you call him a special teams guy, I'd like to see the fumbling stop. And yeah. so that would require him to be moved out of that position. But if, if, you know, the announcers were raving about his change of direction ability in the slot, and the Steelers really don't have that. So if, if he's giving, if, if he has the potential, if Tomlin and those guys see that kind of potential, and then he gave you that 12 yard catch, he was open. He got open, and he he, he he was quick. And he got his 12 yards and went out of bounds. It was a good play. Did that save him? And Because he fumbled for a second time in a row. This time it gave the other team seven points and life. So yeah. Ray Ray has to be in the doghouse for that. But And they've got a guy in their practice squad named Sims who's a, 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 another bolt of lightning kind of return guy, little guy. You know, Ray Ray came to them. The reason he was available is because he fumbled – six times the year before as a return man. So right. He has a past of it, and now you've got two games in a row. He better give you something on offense. I don't know what else could be saving his job. Well, we were talking about it, and, you know, when Mike Tomlin mentioned the word unacceptable, you know, that is, that's a message to Ray Ray. And, you know, a lot of people might take it as just, well, oh, yeah, obviously it's unacceptable. Mike has a way of, um, I don't <laughs> emphasizing – <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, he's got a way of, uh, you know, making, yeah, making a real point out of a, a few words, and I, I think he definitely uh, is sending a message. And uh, I, you know, I don't know if it came down to, you know, being able to take that twelve yarder and contribute like that, but I would certainly think that's a that's a mea culpa on the part of 
uh, you know, Ray Ray's part. Hey, yeah, I could. Okay, boom. I I'm contributing more. So hopefully he can do something to alleviate the, the fumble problem because that's been a problem. <laughs> yeah, but so and maybe he's waiting on Claypool too because he, you know, Ray Ray, uh, you're getting into numbers. Like Max was saying, they really don't have that deep threat. I mean, we saw the good Chicago corner shut down Deontay when he wanted to get deep. I thought that pass interference penalty was a bad call at 30-yarder that actually DJ pushed off on that Chicago corner. Um, and, and we're not seeing any separation from Washington. Now, he can make the combat catch, but he's not 6'12", like Claypool. Is. Right. So, uh, you know, that's why Claypool's the deep threat. He make the combat catch because he just goes over the top of you. Washington can't do that. So they're in a bind uh, with deep threats at this point. Uh, I'm going to jump in, Max, because I want to ask Wex about this, okay? Because I I like a good conspiracy, you know, and we were talking about this earlier, Max and I. All right, but I'm watching uh, the whole Marsh thing, okay? Now, you watch that video. It's like the Zapruder film, okay? You watch the video of Cassius Marsh after he goes and poses, right? He's at the 35-yard line. If you're facing uh, the Bears' bench as Marsh is going back towards his sidelines after he poses at the Steelers sidelines he's on the 35 on the left side of the 35 yard stripe Corrente's on the right you're talking about six inches if you watch that film Marsh runs right at Corrente and I know that Corrente gives him a little you know with the hip or something I think Corrente was really kind of uh, reacting to the fact that Marsh is running right at him like a like a Tom Cruise in Top Gun doing a flyby, buzzing the tower, you know, because I know this. After I've been called for a penalty, I get away from the official as far as I can because I don't want to be accused of saying something or anything like that. Um, to me, uh, that whole thing about the hip check and that, I think Corrente was just kind of genuflecting from the fact that this guy with long hair and a lot of tattoos who might be a little honked off is all of a sudden running right at me, and I think it was just a reaction Man, I'm not seeing where you're getting that, Zabruder. Um, <laughs> it's a Pruder film, man. Yeah, you got to find it. There's a clip on the. No, on, on the, the, guy p- did, the guy didn't call the penalty on him until after the hip check. Right, right. So who? When was he running at him? I, well, if I, you I, you got to watch the I, film. I think, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know I love conspiracies, Wex. Films into Facebook, and we'll get we'll call them all together and put it all piece it all together. But I think the kid was robbed. I think he had every right to go glare at that bench because they're still looking for their fourth pass rusher, <laughs> and that kid that kid deserved to win that job last year, last training camp. And now he's back in Big Ben, and now you're going to look at all my tattoos and my long hair. It's only it's 20 yards away. All he did was glare at them. Uh, that poor kid. I don't know that that affected the outcome as much as people are saying it nationally because they did kick a field goal, but and they only won by two. But I, that that just doesn't. You can't. It doesn't work that way. And uh, you know. Uh, there's a lot of points of departure in that storyline if they don't get a field goal there. But he deserved his sack, and he didn't deserve to be embarrassed on Monday Night Football. Like that. <laughs> I felt bad for him. It's, you know, you got a kid playing the D1 goalkeeper, and they blow a game. You are more sympathetic to every other athlete in the world. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No doubt. But I, I still think this, though, Wex, you know, we've seen it and we've always been the ire of the league for such a long time about those type of penalties, um, you know, and getting unjustly flagged. I'm like, you know what? In that moment, like, don't look at the sideline. Just don't look at it. Like, TJ doesn't look at the sideline. Cam doesn't look at the sideline. Those guys are sack artists. They look straight in the end zone. Do that in the end zone. I don't. I don't need to see. I don't need to see you flexing your blue tattoos at me. Well, you know? all right. You make a good point. I just feel bad for the kid because he, he really shouldn't have got cut here. Uh, you know, this this Truska guy, I, I'm not seeing it. He looks like Cassius Marsh Jr. They're both skinny pass rushers. And, and one kind of gives you that Kevin Green Kevin Green look because of his hair. Right. <laughs> Where's the rest of the body, you know? So he gets his sack, and good for him. Uh, but uh, I, I think I think that was kind of unjust, and you can disagree. I, I, I get the part about flashing the tattoo. <laughs> I don't care for that either. Yeah. But uh, – the pass interference, I thought, was a bad call, and um, there was another one. Um, at least the, the, the cut block, the cut block, the attempted cut block in the red no, zone. No, you know, I thought that was out. They they drew that tight end box yeah. graphic. Yeah, they drew that a little too long, it, and and still TJ was on the edge of that. So if yeah. he had drawn that cor- correctly, and plus there was an extra tight end in the game too. Uh, if you'd have drawn that correctly, TJ was outside that box, and, and that can be a legitimate call. It's a little, a little nitpicky. Oh, uh, maybe the Highsmith late hit. Oh, uh, okay. Mm. That was a little two yeah. steps, but he didn't hit him hard either. No, he so, didn't. Um, he didn't hit him hard. I thought there was. I thought there was a worse call, but uh, uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, let me. You're right. Let me put you're this right. out the, there, Wax. The Steelers have been getting that a long, a long time. Let Go me ahead. let me just add this because I will say this about Cassius Marsh. That was one heck of a spinning wheel kick. Okay, I got to tell it you something. Was. That was that was a great move. If he'd have just ended it there, I'm like all for it. Okay, that's cool. You didn't hit anybody. You didn't do. You know that was just a very athletic movement. That was you know uh, what the the boot times ten. You know, a little uppage on Joey Porter. I mean, that's that was sheer athleticism doing that spinning wheel kick. You know, so that really was. That was. If he would have shown that kind of athleticism, he'd still be in fifth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, let me, it's funny you you mentioned the boot because that made me think of Joey Porter in 2007, the year Tomlin came in and cut Joey and promoted James Harrison, and the Monday night game, the Muck Bowl, the three nothing game. Remember, Joey had like a pick, a forced fumble, a couple sacks, and he was over at that bench roaring at Tomlin the entire time. That's true. That's, maybe Max remembers that game. But oh, that was oh I, I do. I, I, I had Jason Taylor, so I was, I was very focused <laughs> on, my, on my job. <laughs> I, want to I see had a Ma- Hall of Famer to deal with. <laughs> I, yeah. w- I want to see Max do a spinning wheel kick. I think he'd be great at it. <laughs> no, no, I, I can give you maybe the donkey kick. That's about it. I, I, there's, there's no, there's no spinning oh. boat. If both feet are off the ground, that means I've slipped. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to wind it up, boys. Thank you, Jim Wexel, for checking in. We appreciate you, Jim Wexel, appreciate Steel City it, Insider, and of course the book of the book of hair, Troy Palomalo, the finest. 
book out there on Troy. So thank you, Wex. Appreciate you coming in, man. Thank you, guys. Thank All right, brother. All right, we'll be back with more after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And you're back in the locker room. ESPN Pittsburgh, Steelers Nation Radio, 412-919-1316. You know, Max, one of the things we were talking about off the air was, uh, again, with Big Ben, and we were talking with Wex, and it was good to have Wex here in the locker room. But, um, you know, Ben's arm, and you worry a little bit about it because, obviously, just age alone and the fact that he had, you know, season-ending surgery a couple years ago. um, It's, you know, you wonder how much that plays into it. I you know, I don't see where it, it's it's like the Peyton Manning thing. But on the other hand, you know, uh, he took that one shot when uh, he threw that ball up to James Washington. That was that came after the shot, right? They dropped him to the ground. Yeah, the forty-two yeah, yarder. It was. Okay, yeah, so it came after. Yeah. Well, you know, he's we know he's fighting a pec injury to the left side. We know that he's got some things going on there. Um, it might be a normal thing, you know, based on you know taking a, a little bit of a pounding. He's been hit more. He got hit more Monday night than he's been in the last three games. Yeah, he, he he is taking the hits, and I think that's where you know your offensive line has to has to start to kick in and say, you know what, we got to keep him safe. Like Ben Ben holds the keys to where we want to go in the postseason, so we've got to do a better job as a unit to make sure that we're doing all that we can to make sure that he's safe. Um, cause you know, Ben, yes, has a history of what being the tough guy, right. Being the right. iron man. Yep. But every once in a while, you know, iron man needs a new suit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and that, and that's what your offensive line is. Now was that iron man suit. one or two or three? I mean, you know, when, when, uh, you know, every, it seemed like everyone, he had a new suit. Okay. By the, by the end I was the just trying to, yeah. I mean, yeah. By yeah, the way, yeah. I know he's Robert Downey jr. All right. He's Correct. a Steelers fan. I do know That's this. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah he is a Steelers fan. All the stuff he's done with Cam. Yeah, I remember seeing that, and Cam getting all all of all of the Marvel duds because of it. Which I'm. Still and he left you. Like yes, little... you. You're the biggest Marvel nerd going, right? Biggest Marvel nerd. So I so I didn't get to I didn't get the little cameo in uh, in in Dark Knight with Batman. Oh, you didn't get to do that. No, I I was not on the team. I was cut. Oh, I was cut, and they brought me back literally right after that. Oh, so that's right. That was that was that was like burn. I was like, this is awesome. Uh, I was like, my dream would have been fulfilled. Um, but you know, hey, listen, all my teammates got 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 to experience that really cool experience, and and I got to see the premiere. Um, I was happy for them, but it was one of those things. Like as a as a kid who grew up with comic books, I was like, right. man, that would have been awesome to have done. But yeah, Robert Downey Jr. being a huge guy, but you know, with, with the Steelers and of course Cam, it, it, you know, now now knows now knows RD, you know, personally <laughs> or RDJ. I don't even know if they I don't know if they, I don't know if they have code names for each other now. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, I I think that's one of the things he like Ben has to has to have that protection. And as absolutely, an line, you guys have to take that personal. Like when Ben got his face mask yanked or whatever it was, right. I need to see a little bit more intent, like violence, yep. you know, from those situations. Yes, it might be a penalty, but you know what? You're not going to mess with our quarterback. And you send a message to everybody else. 
that you're not you're, you're not going to mess with our quarterback like yeah we might give up a sack here and there but you're not you're not going to do the extra stuff like you, no we can't afford that and we have to we have to give you an attitude adjustment apparently if you think that's cool yeah, that I think Reset that, the that's house true. Rules. Reset there you the go. house rules. <laughs> well, think about it. In this four-game winning streak, Ben has thrown for nearly a thousand yards, six TDs, no INTs. That's important. That's huge. I mean, that's not putting the ball in danger. And well, there have been a couple, but you know, I mean, it does just the nature. That's the cost of doing business when you're throwing the rock around. You know, the fact of the matter is that he is leading the way with playing some pretty nice he's Q is his QBR rating, right? He's QBR and his butt off. Okay. I mean it, yeah. it's it's up there, it's doing great. Now they gotta continue this role. But like you said, they gotta provide better protection because he got sacked more Monday night than he has the last three games total. Yeah, I or mean, as that, much, that, that, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, no, you you've got you've got to tone down that aspect of it, and I think that also goes with the run game being more effective, because guys will think twice if the ball is being handed off or in play action. I mean, you know, we keep harping on this week after week because it's that important. Wolf, you know, it's one of those things where you have to be in tune with the run game sets up the play action game, which also preserves that arm, especially as he's dealing with multitude of injuries right you know he's got so many injuries i'm like you know this is this is the price of playing the game at that age you know and you've got to be able to protect him yes he has he has a tough brash persona on the football field as a guy you, you can hit back and forth but no don't allow him to get hit you know let let him actually go through with just throwing the ball reading his progressions and getting rid of the ball in a clean pocket which is what justin fields was afforded you know, for the most part in that second half. Right. He was able to throw for 200-plus yards. Ooh. Give Ben that same credence. Like, offensive line, take that upon yourselves. All right. We're going to go to the phones. We got uh, Daryl in Hawaii. We're going out to Hawaii. Daryl, I can't believe it. Well, you're checking in. You're in the locker room, buddy. Aloha from Hawaii, guys. Aloha. Hey, Aloha. I like that. Hey, do you watch yeah. did you watch Hawaii Five O? Are you a fan of the show? Oh, yeah, Hawaii Five O. From the old days, from Jack Lord days, back in the That's right, book him, Dano. There you go. That's right. I love it. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, I wanted to uh, discuss two things with you guys. Um, The first thing is, you know, did you guys see the end of the game on TV when the uh, kicker made, tried to make that 65-yard field goal? The announcer said that it hit the crossbar, and I watched it hit the crossbar. And then right after that, he said, oh, from my angle, it didn't hit the crossbar. And then two other um, scenes it showed that the kick didn't even make it to the crossbar, and one showed it didn't even make it to the end zone. I yeah, like, are they doing trick photography? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. It, it, it was the high end. It was a high end zone camera. It was angled down, and so on that replay, it looks like oh, it grazes the crossbar. But I was on the sidelines. I actually took a video, and I will actually post it to my Twitter, Max Stark seventy eight. Um, there you go. Because I was right there on the sidelines as I was watching. I watched the arc, and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. That's not going to make it. And boom, it like hits right between the goal line and like the R uh, in the that's painted in the end zone. I was like, dude, that, no way, no way, no way. Did he have enough leg on that one? But uh, yeah, it, it was it was pretty funny because television has so many cameras, and then they think the one that's going to show it going over it, they 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 went to that camera and in that moment. Because of the angle of it, it looked like, oh, optical illusion. It hit the crossbar. No way. It was 10 yards <laughs> short of that crossbar. 
Yeah, even the announcers said they hit the crossbar. So I was watching that and said, oh, wow, that was real yeah. close. That's a real nice kick. And then the other one, he came back and said, oh, it wasn't even near it. Like, wow, that's kind of like trick photography. Yeah, they but, messed um, up. The second, well, um, and those guys get the same feed, whatever the TV feed is. So, you know, so you're seeing Lewis Riddick, and they're, they're watching that same feed that you were watching because that's what they're giving up in the booth. So they're like, okay, this is – yeah, and then you're like, no, 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 no. Go, go, go to the side, go to the side cam, go to the side cam, guys. What else you got, Daryl? The the only other thing that I wanted to uh, discuss is um, Matt Canada on his uh, ending of the game when it was like a few minutes left. They only had one timeout. We we're driving. We we're in field goal range, and he tried to you know do the pass, and then Ben got sacked, and we had to go out of field goal range and punt. You know, if he would have kept running the ball, even if we didn't gain anything, could have used the timeout to kick the field goal, and we've been up two scores. It would have been a whole different game. You know, I just was thinking that, you know, I watched the other couple games when we were driving and we got sacked and we're out of field goal range, too, prior to the ones that we lost earlier in the year. So, you know, when we're in the field goal range, you know, I you know, I would think that maybe we could just run out the clock, make them use a timeout, and kick the field goal. I think that would have been a lot less stress game if that would have happened. What do you guys think about that? Well, here's my thought process. Um, at that point in time, I wasn't convinced that running the ball was going to be anything that you could hang your hat on. Uh, you know, think about it. Najee off of 22 carries at that point in time, or 20 carries, whatever he was at at that point. It was under three yards average. I mean, we're struggling a little bit, and Matt Canada made it, uh, you know, made the observation that um, he needed to throw the ball. He felt that he needed to throw the ball. And I'm trying to remember, was that the Trey Turner, the one with uh, the linebacker blew through and uh, nobody picked him up? I'm trying to – I can't remember – I'm trying to remember. I know, I didn't know he took a, like a 10-yard sack and put us out of field goal range. We had to punt, and then they drove down for the touchdown. But if we were in field goal range, we would have kicked the field goal, would have been up two scores, and yeah. make them use their timeout. And, you know, we could have just ran out of the clock even though they scored, you know. So it would have been a lot. Right, but you also think you can, you know, the thing about it, Mike, uh, Ben can throw some high-percentage throws. And if he felt he needed and he had – the thing you got to remember with offensive coordinators – they don't do things arbitrarily. I mean, they have a specific plan and a plan of attack that they're going to – they felt comfortable with. And, yeah, you'll have some game-time adjustments, but they're going to stick with what they know, what they've seen on film. And the reactions of the defense oftentimes dictate to the coach what he's going to call because he, he has honed in and specifically is analyzing some of their coverages and the, the matchups. Because as Mike Tomlin said, matchups are everything. So I, I'd have exactly, to look at the play yeah. specifically. And, you know, the thing I always say about the offensive coordinators, man, they've spent their whole life preparing to do what they're doing. Um, you you got to realize that they're not just like, uh, you know, saying, well, we're going to run here or pass there. There's specifics and reasons for what they're doing. No, he called a good game. It's just, just that one part I think would have been a lot easier and a lot stressful if we just – even if Najee didn't even make a yard, even if he lost two yards, it's still in field goal range. The way Boz has been kicking the, the ball would have been right. an easy kick for him. That's a good point, Daryl. But I will tell you this. Okay. there's Never worry about the stress because stress is inherent in that game. <laughs> right. We're, we're watching it. And, you know, I miss the thing that we miss in Hawaii is the Pro Bowl. We don't have it anymore because that's the only time we could see the Steelers, you know. Right, Back in right. The 70s, I'm a Steeler fan from the 70s. And, you know, and all you guys came for the Pro Bowl. That's the only time we could see you guys here. What island are you on, Daryl? I'm on Oahu. 
Oahu. Oh man, love that. Oh yes. That's the what time is it island. there? Actually, I'm on both islands. I'm on Big Island and Oahu, so I go back and forth. Oh, very good. Oh, okay. What time it is nice. is it in Hawaii right now? It is uh, 6:30. Oh my goodness, you're up and about early, aren't you, man? Yeah, oh, God bless I'm, you. I'm starting to listen to you guys. You know, I'm same age as you, Craig. So we've been a Steeler fan from the 70s. Oh, beautiful. Glad to have you aboard. Right That's on. for Thanks sure. Thanks for taking my call, you guys. You betcha. Thank you, Daryl. Take care, right, buddy. Daryl. We appreciate it. All right, let's see. We got. Do we have, have to go to break or we got enough time? Oh, we got to go to break? Okay, we got the ninja signal. We got a little breakage here. We'll be right back with more right here in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're in the locker room. Starks, the ninjas, myself, we're all just winding up here on a wonderful Wednesday. I know, you, what do you got going after this, Max? You were telling me earlier, you got oh. a bunch of stuff. Yeah, no, I got to take my SEC uh, podcast after this. All right. Um, to talk so about you got a radio show, a podcast. All right. Then, and then what? And then and then I get to talk Cardinals with your brother. Well, that's uh, right. An hour after that. 98.7. Yeah. So you'll be doing that too as well. Yeah. So I'll be breaking down the Cardinals' number one power ranking. So that'll be, that'll, that'll be fun. That'll be so interesting. I get four hours of nonstop football. I get to go straight from Steelers to SEC football to Cardinals football. Just a fun-filled, sports-filled day. You know what? That's that's not bad. You know, not to bad. quote Russ Grimm, you see those guys over there, jackhammers. That's working. That's working hard. What we do, no, we're 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 fortunate. Now. We're blessed to be able to do what we do. Those guys that are got jackhammers and they're building away in the the facility, such as they were back in the day over there. Yeah, those guys yeah. are working hard. So. Those guys are working hard. I just got to keep my voice in check. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go back to the phones because we got the CR and Juan show winding things up here. CR, Juan, come on in. How you doing? Hey, good morning, guys. CR, Southern Nation, Chicago. One, two, three. Good morning, guys. Juan, the Carolina Connection. One, two, three. Hey, guys, we really appreciate you giving us a few minutes of your time. Uh, it's so exciting. Uh, we had eight calls yesterday, ten calls this week. And uh, I want to highlight out to Thomas in the in the car. Uh, what city or state so we can put you in the system, brother, to keep up with you? And Derek, hey, Daryl, Derek, Daryl, we appreciate you calling up from Hawaii, man. It's it's a, a good thing. Uh, back to you, Juan. Hey guys, so uh, you guys already touched. It, so I was uh, rewatching um, the game last night, but the catch with um, Goodwin that should have been no catch because he doesn't have control. And then with Ray Ray, I don't think that was a fumble neither. And also, um, for, you, uh, for everyone out there, non-team non, non guys, C-wise, teams are not coming to Minka. Minka brought the Magic um, Monday night. What you guys think? I liked what I saw from Minka, Max. What would you think? Because he belted a couple guys. Nah, I mean, yeah, he belted fields out of bounds, too. I <laughs> yeah. mean, you know, Minka definitely played with a tenacity. I mean, you know, I, I, was, I, was, I was telling Wolf this. I was like, up until, you know, Probably, probably about the beginning of the fourth quarter, TJ and Minka were tied for the team lead in tackles. And then, of course, I, with more passing, obviously because more opportunities for Minka to make plays, and Minka made some plays downfield. But it was just one of those things like, this is what you need. When you're talking about the Steelers being being dominant, and ha 
each layer has their dominating guy. Minka's the guy for the secondary. Right. You have you have Watt, who is outside linebacker, so it's technically the second layer because he did play off the line a couple times. And then you got Cam. So yeah. as long as you keep those core three in there, they keep the tempo and the and the and the beat going for the rest of the guys in their units. Yeah, I agree with you guys. And also, um, I want shout out to my guy Robert Quinn. He he's a local guy. He's from Charleston. Hey, he jumped out three times, so I appreciate him doing that. <laughs> <laughs> a little antsy was he? Yeah. All right, CR, go ahead. Hey, guys, I want to talk about the ESPN's Monday night uh, football announcers, uh, Reddick, Greasy, and specifically Levy, uh, who I believe were, were very, very biased in their uh, in their uh, presentations. Uh, Greasy, uh, after the Bears tied with the game at, at 146 on the clock, he started providing advice of what the, uh, the Bears should do uh, and all this kind of stuff. And it was very, very pro, uh, in my opinion, pro-Bears. And then um, Levy... Uh, he went on a rant and almost into a rage over the uh, over the call when the, when the guy was taunting the, um, the sideline. Cash and, March, uh, yeah, yep. yeah. He was very, very, uh, um, you know, that's really pro bad. But the thing that people didn't see or didn't haven't talked about is when the guy came back to his sideline, one of his assistant coaches lit into him and set him on fire. For what, <laughs> yeah. So he must have did something on the on the field. Comment. Well, the fact is, you know, like we talked about, why do you even bother when you, the officials have warned you that taunting? Why would you even be close to doing anything that could be misconstrued as taunting? Why would you advance towards the Steelers' sideline? Just settle for the spinning wheel kick. That was a great job. That was a great kick. Yeah. That was if he had just Max, if he had just stopped right there, it would have been no problem. But he had to go and walk towards the Steelers' sidelines. It's that little extra. It's the difference between yeah. ordinary and extraordinary, right? It's just a little extra is the difference. And when he did, when he went the little extra, that was enough to say, nope, nope, nope. You did yeah. not. You made an intent to walk towards that sideline versus walking towards an end zone or back to your own bench. So yeah, that that, that that's unfortunate. That's on him. That's you know what I mean? That, it's yeah. it's a shame, but uh, you know, and I like I said, I don't agree with all the taunting stuff, and but I understand Mike Tomlin also believes, and he's on the competition committee. They want to you know quell this stuff, and you don't want it filtering down to the youth, you know. And I understand that, but at the same time, this is a professional game, and it it is emotional. But you know what? Uh, the rules are the rules, and like I said, if you know a speeding trap is there at 45, you don't go blowing through there at 65, you know, or you don't go through even at 55. It's not about seeing how far you can get, you know, how close you can come to, you know, pressing the line without getting caught. It's the same thing there. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys on all that stuff, but my, my, my primary comment here is on the negativity that uh, he presented about the um, – the, the, how bad the call was, and, and just, you know, to me, it, it was pro serious. And finally, Levy really tripped on his tongue, saying that uh, at the, one part of the game that um, Najee slept on the floor during his uh, first few months at Alabama. And Najee got on the phone, got on the, the, the set, and really lit into him about that. What are your comments on that? Well, he was just reacting to the fact that uh, Levy gave the wrong story. He got him mixed up with uh, somebody else. Who was it? It was uh, somebody else. Another player um, was the one that had slept on the floor, and it wasn't Najee. And man, he did his mea culpa. I, you know, he just blew it. 
You know, and that's hey, <laughs> yeah. for all of us that have been on the air. Uh, you know, you blow yeah. it now and then. You get the stories not, misconstrued. Not you, yeah, I am the biggest offender. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, and, and and here and here's what I've learned. Been listening in the last couple of minutes. Um, I think you guys need to go ahead and just turn the volume off and turn on the Steelers Radio Broadcast go. Network coverage of the game instead. That's that's what I'm hearing, CR. You need to listen to the radio cut and just watch <laughs> the screen on mute. That's what I'm hearing right now. Well, Am I, I do, wrong, I, CR? I no, I do, I do listen to uh, to the to the game. I have uh, music on in the background, and then I just turn the, the game off from time to time if I see something I, I want to go back to. And finally, because I know time is of essence, finally I want to give a shout-out to Pat Fravel, Offensive Player of, of the Week. What are your comments on him? Oh, I love the guy. You know what? He's, he's doing everything from back shoulder, uh, 50-50 uh, catches to blocking the, you know, whatever you got to do. You love this kid. He is going to be a star. And I mean, before we get out of here, man, let's go. No, I'm finished. Go ahead. You go. You go. You can go ahead and wrap it up. I'm fine. We got to go, boys. Let's go, guys. One, two, three. Who rides? We ride. Wait a minute. You guys are supposed to do it. What is the problem? You guys, okay, you got to work on your, your ending here, okay? We still okay? got to work on the end, <laughs> end celebration here, guys. I need right, y'all to communicate. In the meantime, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. All right, very good. Thanks, guys. Yeah, All right? Appreciate it, bro. Beautiful. Oh, that, <laughs> wait, that's classic. That's classic. We got to. classic. Nobody knew who was riding. Okay, so in finishing up today, one of the things that uh, is, is – uh, Distinctly obvious is the fact that um, the offensive line, we were talking about it and want to finish up with it. I look for these guys I, because I, we started off and it sounded a little bit negative. I'm not down on these guys. What I am is, is in, in the mindset, these guys know what they got to do. And this is going to be a meeting of the five. You got, there's times and moments during the season you got to pull together and say, this is, this is all on us. You know, we're, it's either us or, you know, bust. Uh, that's the way it's going to be because the offensive line is the driver, the the main machine of that offense. And I know it's been, you know, as far as distributing the ball and everything else, but let's face it, this offensive line, they're young. Uh, I know that there's hungry guys up there. You cannot tell me that Kendrick Green and Dan Moore don't love to compete. You can see it in their work. All right, but now you got to compete better. You've got to do better. And I think they've got to own it and take it upon themselves. Smarter. Smarter, yeah. not harder. Good point. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that that's where you have to get at this point. And you know, I I, I hearken back into the 08 season. Hearken? You know? Are you kidding me? Did you hearken? Yeah. This yes, is like I the hearken. days of yore. I like that. A hearken every yeah. now and then is good for you. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Sometimes you got to hark, and sometimes you know you just <laughs> don't hark. I, I don't even know what the, to hark or not to hark. Yeah, that is the question. Um, no, but I think I think you know back in 08, we were getting reamed by the media. Uh, as an offensive line, right? Absolutely. Marvell. I went in for Marvell at left tackle. It was my first time going at left tackle. And then you had Darnell Stapleton coming in for Kendall Simmons, who got injured. And they were like, oh, this line is bad. It's terrible. And all we did was just keep on clipping off victories yep. all the way into a Super Bowl. So you go into the silo and you trust the guy to your left and your right, your brothers, and you don't listen to the outside noise. And I think that's what they kind of have to get to that mode where we're at the point where – 
No, we have to, we have to be the best version of each other, and we have to keep each other accountable. You know, the interesting thing is when I think about that that, that time back in that at you know the the Super Bowl was the fact that we interviewed Larry Zierlein the morning after, you know, in, this, in the Super Bowl, and uh, it was kind of like, how do you like me now, baby? Because <laughs> yeah. you had to love it. All yeah, right, Max. No, and we did, and we did. He did, and loved <laughs> it big time. All right, we're giving way to The Godfather. Stan Saverin's coming up. This is uh, Starks. This is Wolf. This is the Ninjas saying goodbye for today, and we'll be back tomorrow. See you in the locker room.